guess what, guys? There is only one place you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. It's your favorite, locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. The Colorado mountain pie has become a staple for not only natives, but for those who are just passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is. Bojo's is the only answer. Bojo's dough is made fresh daily and contains locally sourced honey. You heard that right. They infuse their dough with natural sweetener, and it is to die for. There's something for everyone at Bojo's. Large, delicious mountain pies for the entire family, a huge salad bar with fresh veggies galore, Colorado beer on tap, including our personal favorite, Breck Brews, and your personal favorite sports teams playing in the background. Bojo's has private party rooms for all your holiday get-togethers or to celebrate birthdays and other large events. They have $4 happy hours in select locations along with gluten-free and plant-based options as well. There is nothing more important to Bojo's than their community, which is why they are always happy to help you raise money for your fundraising causes. Host your next fundraising event at any of their five front-range locations. They are also offering their holiday se- this holiday season a special pint glass koozies that make great stocking stuffers and come with a $5 gift card. Check those out at their site today at bojos.com. That's bojos.com and tell them DNVR Rams sent you. Off the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk. And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the five. Touchdown, Colorado State. What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. Bojo's Pizza, Colorado's own mountain pie. We're going to talk CSU football in this podcast primarily. Going to talk about uh, the recruiting update. The Rams added two different quarterbacks to the 2020 class, one transfer, one high school commit. So we're going to go over those guys as well as, you know, what the future of the quarterback position may hold at CSU. We're also going to talk uh, some CSU men's hoops. They obviously lost a tough one at Utah State over the weekend, have a couple of big home games coming up this week. Going to talk plenty of CSU men's hoops. Uh, But before we jump into any of that, obviously just a terrible sports day, a terrible day for sports fans, I should say, on Sunday uh, with the passing of Kobe Bryant. I like... You know, I imagine many of you was 
just in complete shock. I mean, Kobe was one of those guys that felt larger than life. He felt, you know, the Mamba mentality. He he was a superhero. He was a guy that felt like would be an ambassador uh, for the game of basketball for, you know, the next 50 years. And to lose him so unexpectedly, so suddenly was just heartbreaking. And, and the way it happened, obviously, just so awful and and his young daughter and everyone else that, that tragically passed away in that helicopter accident. I'm just, my heart goes out to, to everyone impacted. And I, I can't even imagine what it was like for their families. You know, CNN came out with a report that said the, you know, TMZ broke the news about Kobe passing before the police had even identified the, the families. And honestly, I, I hate that so much. I know, this is a bottom line business and, and you're trying to be first, especially an outlet like TMZ, you know, basically their entire premise is on, you know, breaking things first. They're not, you know, traditional news in a sense of they don't really operate with any ethics. I know they did the same thing when Michael Jackson passed, but just disappointing that they give, you know, journalists a, a bad reputation with the way that they handled this. I know, like I said, it's it's a bottom line business and I understand, you know, they were right. So kudos to them for being accurate with their report because there were some other outlets that came out with, with false information and that was obviously incredibly disappointing as well because, you know, ABC, one of the bigger news broadcast agencies out there, I just just a shameful day for, for a lot of reporters and it was disappointing. This this whole situation. I I felt so bad for their families that they found out that way. And I also felt really bad for the players that had to play games yesterday, even today. I mean, I woke up this morning and I just, I felt just as crappy as I felt yesterday. And I'm somebody who's never even really met Kobe Bryant. So I I can't imagine how the people that he was close to felt. I mean, you could just see the emotion on the players' faces. It was, it was really hard. And even today, it just, it feels surreal. But, you know, between him and and David Stern passing over the last month, we've just, we've lost two people that were so incredibly important to the advancement of basketball. I mean, David Stern was a part of the NBA for all the way from like the merger to now, obviously one of the, the most successful commissioners of all time. I know he had some moments that were not popular, but... Overall, you know, David Stern just did so much great things for basketball, and that's how I feel about Kobe Bryant. Obviously, he leaves behind a, a complicated legacy, and, you know, I I don't feel fully qualified to really go in deep about the whole sexual assault situation. It, it happened when I was really young, and I've read about it, but honestly, the more I read about it, the more confusing the whole situation seems to me. But I do want to acknowledge that Kobe was a complicated man and it would be disrespectful to, to the, his alleged victim and and her family to, to not acknowledge that as well. But also, you know, Kobe just made, he meant so much to so many people, so many young fans, so many people growing up that, that fell in love with the sport of basketball because of Kobe Bryant. And that's kind of what I want to focus on as, as well as just the, the positive growth he showed as a human being. I I mean, there are so many examples of, him just becoming a better person as he grew older. And I think it's just a really cool example because it's, it's a tough situation breaking into the NBA when you're 
you know, 17, 18 years old and immediately having that stardom to, to do what he did and to grow as he did as a man off the court. I just, I thought it was really admirable. So I understand that his legacy is, is complicated, but there's just no doubt that he was so important to so many people. And it really, really sucks that we lost him so early, but I'm thankful that I got to watch him. I'm thankful that I have so many memories growing up of watching Kobe Bryant compete and just be a ruthless competitor. I mean, he's the closest thing that my generation has to Michael Jordan in terms of just that competitiveness, that ruthlessness, that want to not only beat your opponent, but to, you know, do it and kind of humiliate him. I mean, I think Kobe was respectful, but you, you always saw the talk, the trash talk and, just him being animated. It, it was all just a part of that Mamba mentality. And honestly, he deserved it. He he deserved it because he was that incredible. So I, I will miss Kobe. You know, as I tweeted out, because I was a Nuggets fan growing up, a lot of my childhood was watching my favorite team lose to Kobe in the Lakers. Uh, so really, for a lot of his career, there wasn't really a player that I hated more in the league. But as I fell in love with basketball as a whole, I just, I couldn't help but appreciate everything that was Kobe Bryant and everything that made him so great. And I just, man, it really sucks. Uh, I actually do have kind of a funny Kobe Bryant story and it would have been around 2011 or 2012 ish. I believe 2011. I went to an avalanche game with my family and we actually, we got upgraded. Uh, we got hooked up with some seats by the glass uh, because we had some, it was through uh, these tickets that I won through a school program. So they were just trying to hook young people up and make them fans of the sport because the abs were obviously really terrible at the time. They actually lost the game 6-0, I believe, to the Nashville Predators, uh, but just got absolutely destroyed. But anyways, the, the point of the story was, you know, I'm sitting on the glass and I look over and two sections over, Kobe Bryant is sitting with Steve Blake. Steve Blake obviously played for the Nuggets before he played for the Lakers, so probably had some you know, time to watch the Avs when he was in Denver. Those two were at the game together. I was obviously you know, ecstatic. I'm like 15 years old. I see Kobe Bryant. So me and my brother, we, we go over there. We try to get Kobe's autograph, but his, uh, his security guards pushed us away. Kobe did you know, give us a little like acknowledgement just kind of raised his head a little bit like hey guys what's up uh but we didn't get the autograph so that sucked i was kind of disappointed but it wasn't i don't blame him man he was at the game with his friend just trying to enjoy his off night last thing he needed was me you know a 15 year old way too old to be bothering him if we're if we're being completely honest but i couldn't help myself man i was starstruck i i had to go over there so that was my one in, you know, in-person Kobe Bryant experience. I never got to interview him, unfortunately. I, I, I really would have loved to have gotten that opportunity to just pick his mind about basketball and, and life in general. I mean, he was just a an incredible dude, and I'm going to miss him. It's hard. Uh, I'm trying not to get choked up here, but I've uh, I've cried over this quite a few times over the last day. It's hard. You see the Kobe montages everywhere. It just reminds you that this is real, that this awful, awful, tragic situation is real. But I love how unified and just together everybody has come over this. Just, you know, in a time where we're all so 
seemingly divided on just about everything to see the way that people have basically unanimously just shown an appreciation for what Kobe Bryant meant to the game of basketball. It's really cool. I mean, I love that the teams took 24 second violations to honor him. I thought that was awesome. You even saw some people on 2k doing it. So it's, it's just a testament to what Kobe Bryant meant to, to everyone. And it, it, it really sucks. It really sucks that this happened. So my thoughts are with everyone. Um, you know, rest in peace, Mamba. You may be gone, but legends never really die. And I, I know that years from now, we will we'll still be shouting Kobe. We'll still be pretending to be you when we're doing our fadeaways. Just thank you for everything, Kobe. Thank you. Okay, man. A little heavy, didn't uh I didn't I, I thought I'd be able to do this without getting choked up, but I was wrong. I I was wrong. So yeah, let's let's move on. Let's talk CSU hoops. Let's talk football. Let's light let's let's bring the mood back up. You know, let's let's it's it's tough because we're talking about a loss against Utah State, a 16 point loss at that, a disappointing one. Uh, but when when I look at this game as a whole, it's it's not that big of a deal. I know you would have loved to have seen the Rams go down and, and steal one in Logan, but it's a tough place to play. It was rocking ten thousand plus people. And honestly, in the first time in a couple of weeks, I really felt like we saw uh, the best Utah State had to offer. Cato was a little out of sorts on offense. He had six turnovers. You saw them really frustrate him anytime he got the ball, like at the top of the, at the near the top of the key. He just looked lost, didn't really know what to do. He was huffing and puffing at times. Still seems like he's getting back in shape. But man, was he a presence on defense, had three blocks. And beyond that, he really just made it impossible for the guards to to get in the lane. And that's what CSU does well. You know, that's when their offense is functioning best, when the guards are driving to the hoop, when they're passing back out and creating. Uh, I thought CSU did a good job of adjusting and, you know, moving the ball to, to get quality looks, even with the, the Aggies playing, you know, aggressive man-to-man defense, but just weren't able to knock down shots. That's really what it comes down to. And Really, this was the, the first time we saw the freshman uh, not able to to answer the the call. I mean, I, I don't think the freshman played poor at all. Isaiah Stevens had eight points, three of eight from the field, not great. Oh, a three from three-point range. That's frustrating, but he still had three assists. Uh, the five turnovers was, was definitely what discouraged me the most. That said, I felt like he really settled down near the end of the game. And I'm going to talk about Isaiah Stevens' More in a little bit, but uh, David Roddy struggled from the field, 4 of 11, 10 points, did have six boards. That's just such a, such a tough matchup for him going up against Justin Bean, one of the better big guys uh, in basketball right now, and really that's just why the Aggies are so dominant. I mean, when you have the you know the defending player of the year and, and Sam Merrill, who's one of my favorite players to watch, I've talked about it, for years now. I mean, I I fell in love with the kid at the Mountain West tournament a couple of years back. Utah State had no business making a run, and he was basically single-handedly propelling them to victory in Vegas. Ever since then, I've I've been following him, and he's just, he's so impressive. There's nothing that he can't do, and he looks like the legit Sam Merrill. I know it's been kind of an up-and-down year for the Aggies as a whole. He's one of the guys that has not been quite as, quite as dominant as he was last year, but this is a dangerous, dangerous team. And if they get hot, uh, they're definitely capable of winning the Mountain West tournament. I still think they have 
an outside shot at making the the NCAA tournament, depending on how they finish this year. Uh, but all in all, you know, I love the fight that the freshmen showed. This CSU team, they just, and not even just the freshmen, the entire team, I should say. This this Rams team, you know, they don't get punked by anyone. There's never been a game where I felt like they just went and, you know, got intimidated or anything like that. The Aggies just played good, man. Sam Merrill was on fire. Uh, they were great defensively. They had some role guys knock down threes when it mattered most. Uh, CSU did do a good job of of adjusting and and getting some hands out early. It kind of looked like the Aggies were going to run away with things. They, were, they couldn't miss from three early, but the Rams did a, a better job of, of getting out and, and getting their hand up, hands up, I should say, and, and made things tough on Utah State from the perimeter down the stretch. But the Aggies just, they're a great team. That's, that's really the only way to put it. And they closed that game incredibly strong. Uh, getting back to Isaiah Stevens, who I mentioned earlier, though, like I said, I, there were moments, especially in the first 10 or 15 minutes of the first half or so, where it really looked like he was out of sorts, I think, for the first time, maybe this season. To be honest, he looked like a freshman. They were pressuring him, and he made some dumb passes, and it's going to happen. I mean, this this dude has played beyond his years all season. So like I said, I'm not worried about it, but it, it cracked me up. If you watch the broadcast the commentators kept comparing him to Sam Merrill because that's what the staff compared them to. Apparently in their game notes, he said Medved told him that. That just cracked me up because I was the one that compared Isaiah Stevens to, to Sam Merrill uh, last Thursday when I was talking to Medved before the game. So I am going to play that audio for you because I thought it was a good breakdown and it, it, it explains just why we're so excited about what Stevens brings to the table. There's just nothing that he can't do. Uh, so we're going to get that audio for you. Also going to take a moment to acknowledge our partners. Uh, but when we come back, we'll have that audio for you. And then we will break into some CSU football talk and the quarterback situation. So got a, got a fun podcast. It's a, it's a busy Monday, obviously spent a decent amount of time talking about Kobe, but you have to, I mean, he's, he's a legend, an absolute legend. So we are going to get into football and more, uh, going to acknowledge our partners real quick. And then when we come back, we will have that Medved audio and the and just him talking about Isaiah Stevens and why it's fair to, to compare him to Sam Merrill. Alrighty, it is time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR Super Bowl Sunday. It's coming up, guys. It's this weekend. It's finally here. We've got the Chiefs, we've got the Niners, we've got a showdown of the decade. We've got Kyle Shanahan versus Andy Reid. We've got Travis Kelsey versus George Kittle. There's just so much to be excited about. And folks, let me tell you, I wouldn't want to watch this Super Bowl without an ice cold beer in my hand. So what am I going to do? I'm going to grab a six pack of Breckenridge beers. What am I going to get? I'm not sure yet. Maybe I'll get some Avalanche. Maybe I'll mix it up, grab some Colorado Core I don't know. You can't go wrong with Breck, though. Grab a six-pack. Grab a 12-pack. Make your Super Bowl party a hit. Don't be that guy that only offers Bud Light. Nobody likes that guy. Just kidding. That's like my dad. No offense, Dad. If you're listening, I still love you. Just branch out a little bit. <laughs> Anyways, pick up some Breckenridge brews. It's going to make your party a big success. I promise you. Tell them DNVR sent you. I don't know if their games you know, are exactly mirror each other. 
But when I watch Isaiah and I watch Sam Merrill, the way they can create for themselves in the mid-range, you know, I kind of get that sense with Isaiah and where it's, it doesn't really matter what defense you throw out there. He can hit in the mid-range, he can hit a floater, he can get to the rim. And he likes to distribute. Do you, is that a fair comparison? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I can see that. I do, and you're right. I mean, Merrill, what makes him so good, he's so crafty. I mean, he's obviously really talented. But he doesn't beat you with his athleticism. He beats you with his shot-making ability, his vision, and like you said, his craftiness. And he takes whatever you give him. You take away one thing and he's able to, to see the next. He always sees the open pass. He can think the game a couple of seconds ahead of time. You know, he anticipates so well, really on both ends of the floor. And um, he's a terrific player. The reason he was player of the year in our league. And so, you know, you see some of our young guys like Isaiah who have a lot of those similar instincts like that. And that's something that you can't teach you know you just kind of have and Sam Merrill definitely has that and that's what makes him so difficult welcome back to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza Bojo's Pizza Colorado's own mountain pie right now the DNVR family can get a free cheesy bread with the purchase of any entree just tell them DNVR sent you shout out to Bojo's have so much love for our Colorado companies Speaking of Colorado companies, we are also partners with The Green Solution. Use the coupon code DNVR20 on your online order for 20% off. That's 20% off uh, your flour, your concentrates, topicals, any of that fun stuff. Use the code DNVR20 at The Green Solution for 20% off. Okay, let's, let's jump into football here. I'm excited. I'm excited for spring ball. I'm excited that the staff has finally come together. I'm working on a, a Rams notebook right now, which is just going to be a, a boatload of information on the football team for you guys. I, I did that on the basketball team last week, and it, it seemed to be a pretty big success. So going to try to make that kind of a regular thing. They're fun to write. It uh, makes it easy on me because I love to write. So if people aren't going to be overwhelmed by 2,000 words on these teams, then I'll give it to you because that's what I love to do. Wasn't really able to do that when I had uh, print deadlines and, and had to worry about all that kind of stuff. But hey, that's the beautiful thing about the internet. I can write as much as I want and you guys can choose to read it or not. But I will hopefully have that out tonight. If not, tomorrow at the latest. Just takes a lot to, to format it is all. It's a lot of information. So I try and make it just flow as best as possible. It's uh, kind of hard when you cover as much ground as I end up covering in these, but hey, that's what the that's what the dedicated Ram fans want. They want as much info as possible, and I'm gonna do my best to give it to them. So let's let's talk some CSU football. A big weekend in terms of the 2020 recruiting class. That was kind of a tongue twister. 2020 recruiting class. The Rams uh, picked up two different quarterbacks. And one, we'll just start with the transfer, Todd Santeo. Hope that I'm pronouncing that right. Dual threat quarterback will transfer over from Temple. Uh, primarily has been their backup for the last couple of years. He got a medical red shirt in 2017 after missing uh, nine games with an injury on the uh, Temple website. It did not disclose what that injury was. Um, I'll, I'll go back and find out what it was. I, I should have done that before the podcast. But Santeo has completed 48 of 71 career pass attempts, so really a small sample size. Uh, but that's a 67.6 completion mark, so not bad. I mean, if you're not going to throw it a lot, they obviously expected him to run it most of the time. Uh, but he, he did have 613 yards to the air, averaged 8.6 yards per completion. Uh, not bad, especially if you're not primarily focusing on 
throwing the ball downfield. And, and what's really encouraging to me, seven touchdowns, only one interception. That's the kind of ratio you want, even if it's uh, in limited action. So will he come in and actually compete with Patrick O'Brien? You know, I'm not sure. He's scheduled to come in in May, which means uh, it seems like he's finishing up his degree so that he can come in. As he put in his tweet, he intends to uh, work in a master's program, which would imply that he's coming over as a graduate transfer with immediate eligibility. That's huge. I mean, that's that's really big that he can play this year. The thing is, is coming over in May means you're going to miss all his spring ball. You got to learn an entire new system and... You know, you got to establish chemistry with the guys. Can you do that in in just you know summer throws and and then fall camp? That's that's kind of a tall task in my opinion. I think at least at this point, Patrick O'Brien is going to be the heavy front runner to be the starting quarterback week one against CU. Uh, maybe they use Centeno as a change of pace guy. You do see that pretty frequently in modern football. Coaches being you know more willing to not necessarily use a, a two quarterback system uh, in, in, in the sense of splitting reps 50, 50, but more just having a guy that you can, you can bring on the field and, and kind of shake things up. CJ Leonard was actually that guy for CSU for a couple of years, but it's been a while since the Rams have legitimately had like a dual threat quarterback. I know justice McCoy kind of got that tab when he was recruited, but basically everything we've seen from him and everything the coaches have said over the years uh, would indicate that he was kind of miscategorized, I guess you would say it. Uh, he's closer to a pro style than anything else. That's Justice McCoy, I'm saying. Uh, but Santeo, definitely a dual threat, can can move a little bit, can extend the play with his legs. That's always appealing, especially now. I mean, we see every week quarterbacks running and, and making plays with their legs, even guys that are typically more of a, a traditional passer, like Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game that shoot, what was that, like a 40-yard touchdown run? He broke all kinds of tackles. Looked like an absolute unit out there. So the running quarterback has just become such a big component of, of football. It's it's not surprising that they went out and got one, especially given that, you know, Colin Hill is transferring to be able to add a, a grad transfer with immediate eligibility, somebody who's actually been on the field with legit game experience. That's, that's important because you just never know what's going to happen. But uh, branching off of that, the Rams also signed a high schooler and an interesting one, Jackson Muschamp of the Hammond School in Columbia, South Carolina, has committed to, to CSU. So along with securing a grad transfer dual threat guy, CSU also got a verbal commitment from a pro-style quarterback, Jackson Muschamp, son of Will Muschamp, head coach at South Carolina, where, as we all know, Mike Bobo is now the offensive coordinator. Now, I I don't know that Jackson spoke with Bobo, but I gotta, I mean, I'd be shocked if he didn't. Like, let's be honest, he's, he's the offensive coordinator. Uh, Bobo always was pretty open that he had a lot of love for CSU. Maybe Bobo ended up selling him on, on Fort Collins for Adazio. I don't know, but just kind of an interesting situation where... Bobo goes to, to South Carolina's offensive coordinator under Will Muschamp. Now Will Muschamp's son is coming to CSU, even though Bobo isn't here. Uh, Adazio was recruiting him at, at Boston College, really was the 
only major program that, that showed interest in him. I uh, had seven offers according to two, four, seven sports. Now they don't necessarily have all of the offers posted, but you know, Jacksonville state, Western Carolina, you know, mostly smaller programs and then Boston college and then CSU at the end, uh, must champ visited CSU on the 24th committed immediately after. So definitely, you know, heard what he needed to hear, I guess. Uh, but just an interesting pickup just with his connections to Adazio and, and his dad and Bobo and the whole deal. I haven't seen a ton of him. Uh, he's only six foot one, 190 pounds is what he's listed at. So definitely undersized. I imagine that's probably what, you know, caused him to not get a ton of, of offers was also only a one year starter. So that'll impact you as well, but led the Skyhawks to a 12 and two record in the, in the few videos that I've seen, he throws a really, really nice ball. So he's undersized, but obviously has a, a football upbringing and, and a ton of resources in his father and everything that he's been able to experience. All in all, I think it's a, a nice signing. You need the depth at quarterback position. Uh, so the fact that you were able to sign a 2020 guy and go uh, get a grad chance for that's huge. You just don't know what your depth is going to be going into the season. I'm not sure... Uh, where Justice McCoy is at in terms of his uh, degree progress, how close he is to graduating. He's a redshirt junior right now, though, so it wouldn't be surprising to me if he does graduate in May. And if that's the case, maybe he does the the J.C. Robles approach and decides to go D2 or something like that, or maybe he just sticks around because he loves CSU. Uh, But the fact that you were able to add two 2020 quarterbacks into the mix just... Very, very important. You obviously have McAllister coming in as your 2021 guy, uh, but before that, you just you need depth at the position. Position. You still have a couple of walk-ons and Judd Erickson, who's a junior, and Aaron Severson, who's a redshirt freshman. Uh, but neither of those guys are are really quarterbacks that we expect to to be in the mix in terms of you know actually being the starting quarterback. I could see Judd potentially being the backup. He's capable enough. Uh, but it's pretty rare to have even your backup guy be a, a non-scholarship player. So, you know, unless Erickson just takes massive strides, I I don't really see it playing out that way. But uh, yeah, big, big weekend for the quarterback position. Football, we're going to have a spring ball coming up in about a month, and that's really where we're gonna, when we're going to get a feel for these coaches and, and what the program's going to look like. I'm definitely excited for it it'll it'll get here before we know it so if you're not a subscriber now's the time to subscribe we're gonna have all kinds of info inside information uh, you're gonna want that you know if you're a dedicated csu football fan obviously we we keep up with hoops and and that as well we've got the mountain west tournament coming up in a month we've got the most exciting stretch of the regular season the last month of conference play in college basketball so Big things happening for CSU fans. Now's the perfect time to subscribe. You get a free t-shirt if you do the annual subscription. Uh, it's worth it. Become a member. You know, join the DNVR family. It's That's what we are. We're one big family. I appreciate everyone that already subscribes. Uh, one last time, I just want to say uh, rest in peace, Mamba. And thank you to everyone that listened today. We will be back tomorrow. Going to be talking about the Nevada game and the UNLV game a little bit. That's this weekend, though, so... Start with, uh, you know, first things first, start with the game that's on Wednesday. But we will be back with plenty of CSU info and more.
Have a great Monday night. Enjoy The Bachelor. Peace. Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice The water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV He's got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly